Good morning. Excited to be here this morning and uh, have a special guest with us, uh, Pastor Maloth and his wife Noor uh, from Iraq. And uh, if you're not familiar with the story or you just began to link arms with us at Grace Community over the last couple years, a uh, little over three years ago, um, we were felt compelled um, to help those who are being pushed out by ISIS. And so if you're here today and this is your first time visiting with us, we're, we're glad that you're here too. And this isn't our typical Sunday morning. In fact, this is extra special for us uh, today. But I'd like to tell the story before we introduce and hear some more from them. And um, uh, I was going through a series of messages, the church was, in 1 John. And, um, and I was getting to 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. And John says in 1 John 3, 16 to 17, I'll summarize for you. He says this. If you see a need in our world, or you see a need around you, and you don't act on it and do anything about it, and you have the ability to do something, then the love of God's not in you. It was very convicting as I'm prepping for this message on Sunday morning and getting ready to come to you and preach this message, and I'm seated at my desk. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, our news flash feeds are just loaded with ISIS pushing out um, Kurds and Iraqis out of their homes and doing some hor- horrendous things, killing them, um, lopping off heads. And, just, and so all these refugees are being pushed out of their homes. Many of these are believers. And as I'm seated at my office, in my office, going through this message, the Spirit of God just compelled me and said, Jim, you need to do something and you need to act now. Not just talk about it, but act on it. Be not just hearer of the word, but doer of the word, as James says. And so I'm at my office, and I'm seated there, and be quite frank, I'm being very candid. I just began to weep. I I just knew that God wanted us to do something. I knew I didn't know what that looked like. And so I walked down the hallways and shared with our pastors, and I said, I believe that God wants us to do something. I don't know how we're going to get there. I don't know what that means, but I believe it's more than money. I believe... And I've said these words that God wants boots on the ground in Iraq in a very, very tumultuous time. So we began, our staff began making contacts, seeing, checking in with mission organizations. And every single mission organization that we connected with told us, don't go. It's too dangerous. In fact, many of these mission organizations were telling us, telling their own missionaries to leave the country. But I knew that God wanted us to. And began to pray and share with our elders. And I just said, I, I, and I remember having a conversation with one of our pastors. And I remember him saying this, Jim, what will keep you from not going there? And I said these words, I'll never forget. You're going to have to cut off my arms and my legs. Because I believe God wants us there. And so push came to shove and we began to pray. And, um, and I shared on a Sunday morning that we were felt the call to go to Iraq to help our brothers and sisters who lost everything. Some lost their fathers, some lost their their sons and their brothers. And we began making calls. And at making the calls, we knew a person who knew a person who knew a person who knew a person. You're like one, seven people away from knowing everybody. Ended up, this lady who we didn't even know, her name was Ensop, who happens to be Noor's mother, um, and we didn't, didn't know Nor, we didn't know Maloth, and we knew someone that knew her, connected with her. She was living in Can, uh, Canada at the time, but 
uh, she would make mission trips back to Iraq. She was from Iraq, and she had this son-in-law who was a pastor in Iraq who we had never met before, didn't know him from Adam. And, uh, and so we began to make details. God assembled a team of uh, eight men on the first trip in, and we said goodbye to our families. And uh, it was hard saying goodbye because we didn't know what we were in for. We had no idea. Uh, but we knew God was calling us to go there. So we flew September 11th. And you know what that means in our country, uh, flying on September 11th. We flew into Turkey on September 11th, knowing that we were going to meet this lady who we had conversations with. And the only conversations was Skype. And so they were looking at Facebook posts, and we were looking at Facebook posts. And I, I saw this, this Baghdad-born uh, pastor um, and knew that, we're going to meet him. Flew into Turkey, and we met this bold and courageous woman named Insaf, Noor's uh, mother, and, uh, and flew with her from Turkey into Iraq in September. We landed, loaded with supplies and resources that you had provided, knowing that we wanted to do something but didn't know exactly what that was. We wanted to help. Left the airport, rolled outside of it. It was 114 degrees outside. And we gathered in a circle, there were eight of us, and we put our hands together and we prayed. And before we left that prayer, we said, boots on the ground. And we began this relationship, met Maloth, and he didn't know us, and we didn't know him, but we knew that we were supposed to be there. And that began this incredible Grace for Iraq mission point. Now, today we sit here, and Maloth and Noor are in our church. <laughs> Praise God for that. <laughs> and if you have any idea of what's happened in our world in Iraq and Kurdistan, and um, for that to take place, it's only God. So, Maloth, um, share what it's been like for you. I, I'll share for us. Last night, Ann and I went to the airport. We were like little kids, like... We get to pick them up at the airport. And uh, we, were, we were sitting there and waiting. You know, I was walking around and, and uh, couldn't wait. To, they're actually coming to America, which is just incredible. And so we had, took them out for steak dinner last night. That was fun. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> had some prime rib, and we enjoyed that. Uh, so uh, Maloth and, and Noor, uh, or Maloth, what's it like for you to be here today? You know, like since we started the relationship between the two churches, it's not only like the two churches, it's, uh, it's me and you and, and the team you brought to Iraq, as if like I'm here visiting my family. Always I wanted really to visit my family. Grace Community Church is not some, you know, a church like abroad in the U.S., but always we feel, and this is for me and for my church, it's kind of like an extended family. And I'm hmm. so glad uh, to be here among you. I'm so glad that I wanted to say it in person. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. Uh, thank you so much uh, that you have faith in us and you trusted us and, and you stood behind us and everything. You know, thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Malath and I were talking this morning. I said, it's like a dream come true. He said, no, it's like a dream come true for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I always wanted to visit and, 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 and to see that family, that church, that the faith they have, uh, and I'm so glad. I mean, me and my wife, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
In case you're not aware of uh, what has taken place and you just joined us, um, on one of our trips recently, we've sent multiple teams in. Uh, they've been all men going in. And uh, here's a, a recent trip of some of our men uh, going into Iraq. Take a picture of the look at this slide presentation.
As you can tell, there's a, there's a lot of emotion uh, as we watch. I'm looking at George. You feel the emotion, seeing Howard and Tim and others and Mike. And many of you have been on these trips. Um, when you watch those pictures, you smell the smells and you remember the laughs. And uh, you feel the pain, too. And uh, we're grateful that we've been able to link arms and have this relationship with, um, with Pastor Malaf's church in, in Erbil, Iraq. And if you're not familiar, uh, many of you are aware, we as a church decided that we would not only have a commitment to them, but also um, do something about it. And in the midst of all that, we decided to find a place um, to take these refugees who were in tents and sleeping under bridges and pushed out by ISIS and we were able to secure some apartment complexes. We'll talk more about that. And, and so it was an investment, a large investment that you gave here at Grace uh, to be able to rescue um, these precious, precious uh, believers. Some weren't, some now are, have come to Christ. And um, so Malath, I would ask you, um, what was it like knowing that there was a church that was coming and how did our coming and our connecting with you impact you and your ministry and your church? How did, what took place as a result of that? Um, I would say growth. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is what happened because of your visit. That's how I, if I would like to summarize everything, it's a growth. And that's what happened to my church. It's uh, to know you and to know there's like a team, who's, you know, as you said, like we don't know each other the first, you know, hand. But then, you know, when he came and, and, and we started, you know, to think and, and to share ideas and to, uh, and to look at the situation in Iraq. And then when you came up with the idea of, you know, like, what do you think? And then was sharing the needs. It just, you know, all together, like, it, uh, uh, and one thing, you know, that, you know, we experience a, a growth and I will call it even like abnormal growth in our church because uh, until today we have, by God's grace, about like 300 people in our church and and um, and so blessing also at the same time that in the hard time that we have faced and 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 in the hard time that a lot of people have lost everything uh lost their uh, cars their homes their uh, probably dignities like um, a member of the family but still like there's a, a people across of the world that are thinking of them, they're standing with them, and they're not alone in this. Nora, what was it like for you? I mean, you, you lived a lot of this. You're, you're, you're one together, and you heard about this team that was coming, and after you met us, and what was, what was your experience as you began to see this, this uh, one friendship and connecting of church? What, what was it like for you watching this wave of people that were coming to help you guys out? I was very excited, <laughs> and I did feel very little compared to all the big guys that came. Um, uh, but I was very happy, and I knew that there was uh, a number of wives or moms or daughters praying behind all of these men, and uh, really to give them the okay to go because uh, not a lot of you know, people were willing to come at that time, and for them to be able to come at such a difficult time we knew that really this was a, a, an answered prayer from the Lord, and we're really excited and happy to meet everyone. And I'm also so happy that I'm able to come here and meet you again and your families, and just to see the uh, the difference that 
you guys with the Lord have made in our community, and um, it's very exciting. Malaf, what was it like, like for uh, when when our teams came, and we did uh, we did some refugee work. We went out and fed people. We um, we'll talk about the complex in a bit. But what was it like when we came as men and we did um, uh, some men conferences? What was that like for your men and your church when we came, and how did that impact your men and your church? Well, we need to understand that the men in our, uh, we are men culture. Uh, and then at the same time, you know, um, and a lot of families are relying on only men. So the, a lot of men in our churches are refugees, and they have come from Mosul and other places. And those like men were under huge stress. So by the time you came, and we did that day, and that was like, by the way, that was like the first time in our church history, you know, to do something specifically for men. Always people calls for like women's right, but no one really like for, for men's right. And sometimes in the churches even. So when we did that, you know, and even like when the day I announced about it, say, this is only for men, uh, women, you know, you know, it's not, you know, uh, it's like only for us. And we're going to have a very special day with the people that, uh, with the church that come from U.S. So just, you know, to, ha- to watch them. In the conference, and that you know, seminar, in a seminar day, playing and 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 hearing the word of God, interacting, uh, watching your men with our men all together as if like really one body. That was like so blessings. Uh, the men when they finished that day of the conference, and you remember we did two days, one day in Erbil, and the other day was in our church in the Hog. Uh, so refreshing. So blessings to their life and so they can, can go back with more closer relationship with God and better relationship with their wives and, and children. You know, we, uh, we, our first trip in, we were trying to determine what God wanted us to do. And it was like, you know, you're the, you're the early adopters. We're, we're trying to pave the way through the wilderness and find our way. On the last day, we were to fly back to America. We knew that we wanted to find housing for the refugees somehow, and, but we didn't know what that looked like. So we found ourselves driving around the city, looking at vacant buildings and praying. We prayer walked through the city and we said, God, show us where you would want us to go. And with Pastor Malas' insight, and we found ourselves in a realty office in Erbil, Iraq, talking to a man who spoke Arabic, Pastor Malaf translating for us. And there was a moment we were seated there and I said to the guys, now guys, I want you just to pause and realize what's happening right now. Like, this isn't normal. <laughs> this is a God thing. And so as we were listening to the, this tall building that were potentially, we could put 30, 40, 50 families in potentially, you know, um, 80 to 100 people. And we were seated there and it, it just didn't seem right. We knew that this wasn't the place. We had four hours to fly back, our flight back to America. And as we're in this meeting, God spoke to Malath and shared with him uh, reminded him of, of, of place, this apartment complex, apartment complex, and he says, I have an idea. Someone lives here. I know this place, and because a lot of people couldn't find housing because all the refugees. So we, we jumped in the van, rushed over to this apartment complex. We're driving into this place, and we're looking at our watches. We got a couple hours left before we fly back to America. And I kid you not, as I, stu- I got out of the van and we looked around, and the hair on my arms was standing straight up, and it was just this, the Spirit of God bearing witness and saying, this is the place. This is where I want you to be. And so Malath went in and talked to the caretaker of the place and came back out, 
and we realized that that was going to be the place, and we left you with a lot of work. Praise God. <laughs> so, so what was that perspective? <laughs> what was that like for you, you know, us interacting with you and, like, giving ideas? And how was that from your end as, we're, as that all unfolded? I do remember one thing, Pastor Jim, that we were sitting in the second floor in our church, kind of like in a circle. And that was, like, as you said, at the end of your trip. And we've done, like, a lot of things during your your trip. But you were so concerned about these refugees. And you told me, like, what do you think? Like, what do you want to do? I said, like, there's, like, a need that refugees now are, like, kind of, like, in a transition. They are now uh, uh, pushing them out of the tents or, like, caravans or, like, schools. And now they have no place. And you shared the idea, like, what do you think if we do, like... Like, uh, we, host, like we, we rent, we help with the rent, like we do something like with the housing. That was like, for me, like, that, this is too big. <laughs> this is too big. And I'm not sure if the church in the U.S. can do that alone. Like, and like deep inside, this is really big. But let us go and try. So then we went to that, you know, uh, part, uh, that, you know building. And by the way, it's still empty until today. <laughs> and then, you know, I could not imagine how that project turned into a blessing to our church. In terms of like, we got to know so many people. We got to save a lot of people, you know, like future in many, many ways. Uh, Secure their children under, you know, something, you know, solid and an apartment. Uh, Get to to know them personally, interact with them, uh, bring them to the church and, and, and... and even share with them about uh, faith. And so many, so many things happened during, that, during this project that we are so thankful. We're so thankful to God. We're so thankful to Grace Community Church. And, and uh, we're just facing a problem of space now <laughs> because, well, yeah, because of that project. And, and, and praise God for that. We started a few Bible studies uh, in these apartments. And, and still until today, the people, you know, uh, thankful for that. So sitting in your seat, we get to hear the Western view of what's going on in Iraq. So it runs through a whole bunch of filters because we're, we're not on the ground. We, we hear about ISIS now, and we hear that they've been pushed out, that people are, that were once refugees that were in our bill are, are, are making their way back. And a lot from even your group is thinking about going back to Mosul and Kolokash to plant churches. Is ISIS still there? It, what's the condition in northern um, Kurdistan now? How would, what is it? The condition in northern Iraq since 2003 is pretty kind of like relatively safe in terms of like problems and ISIS uh, in Iraq. It's most like it's, it's a spot in the Middle East. Uh, I call this kind of like really uh, very peaceful. Uh, we're living um, in a peaceful place called, like, in Kurdistan. This is the northern part of Iraq. The government in, in Kurdistan is uh, kind of open-minded. Uh, they love Christians, and they welcome them. They welcome, like, about uh, one million point something uh, refugees during, like, those years because of what happened. And Syrian refugees, Iraqi refugees, Iraqi are Christians and non-Christian um, however, you know, still the problems now in the, in, in the places where the central government is, where the, their authority is, uh, like in Mosul and Ambar, Ramadi, all these places. Uh, so ISIS was defeated in Mosul uh, last year, but still the, we have still like facing sleeping cells. 
Uh, now there's like an, um, well, they, now in Iraq, they are like kidnapping people on the, on the road between Kirkuk and Baghdad. That's kind of like uh, the middle of part of Iraq. Uh, so they're trying to say we are here. They're trying to say we are creating, you know, try to create some problems to say, you know, we have still, uh, you know, some people on ground. Hey, tell us what the Bible studies were like in the, the, the apartment complexes. We, we were part of those. It was great. Some small group studies. Your church reached out and then. Um, and you had shared earlier about a prayer request and how someone surfaced the need, but what was, what was those like, and how did you have those small group studies in the churches? So, Pastor Jimmy, if you remember that what happened, you know, we brought like two families in each apartment, and those like families, we intended to be kind of like related somehow so they can live together. And that was like kind of like the first step for them. Like they were like at the point, they were like so confused about what's going to happen after or next. So then, you know, the apartment thing started and then we brought about 80 families, more than 80 families in this apartment. And we chose a complex so we could, you know, host all these like families in one place. So when we make a visit, we could visit more than one family. And that was like, an, it gave us an access uh, gave us an, an easy access, you know, to visit them, uh, to ask uh, about, about them. And then, you know, we just we asked them, and that was like uh, willingly, if they want to start a, a, a Bible study, uh, so we are ready. And we did. Uh, and, and they did. Actually, they were like so uh, encouraged by that because they, you know, they were sitting and doing nothing. And, and one of, this is one other thing. And the other thing, you know, they, they came from a background, uh, even though they were like an... You know, they were like a Christian by name, but they never knew their Bible. I do remember, you know, Abu Karam and Um Karam, the first Bible study they did, they came back to me. They were like so amazed. So like, what happened? Uh, they said, you know, we went to the first Bible study. We had a kind of like a discipleship book. And, and Um Karam was saying, you know, to herself and to her, her, her husband, her husband is the founder of our church in, in Mosul, and now he is with the Lord. Uh, they said, you know, we're going to pass the first three lessons. We're just going to jump to the fourth because, like, that is too easy. <laughs> and she told me, do you know what, my lad? We spent two hours just teaching them this is the Bible and the Bible, New Testament and Old Testament. If you want to go to John, <laughs> that is in the New Testament. If you want to go to Genesis, that is Old Testament. She said, like, for two hours just teaching them wow. the basic of the basics of, like, how to do I like how to read wow. the Bible. Just hungry, just hungry to grow. Just hungry. And then they started. And then they started. They, they, they wanted more and more. I was hosting, uh, I was hosting a group in uh, these like apartments. And just, you know, got, you know, to see one of the, one of the stories that, you know, um, as, as one time I was uh, leading a group. And, and everything seems to be very good until we started to collect prayer requests at the end. And even as I was collecting prayer requests at the end, everyone seems to be okay and happy and, and thankful until I reached to the woman that was like the last one. And once she started, you know, to share her prayer request, she, she, she just started to cry and cry and cry. And I, all of a sudden, I, I saw all the people in, the, in that room were crying with her. And she was crying out. She said, like, my son, my, my husband, the other were saying, like, it's too much. It's too hard. And they were just, you know, pouring out their emotions. And, and, and it was like a time. Uh, they were, like, relieved. And they wanted, you know, just to share their struggles mm. with someone else. 
and and it did uh, you know help them a uh, little bit to grow through to, to go through praise god and what was it like i mean you you from your perspective um obviously we're one and we share and um what what's it like for you to know that they're here today and just the whole iraq picture how has it impacted you what's what's been your seat okay well from my perspective even going back to the first trip when Jim was talking about it was more than giving money and boots on the ground. Um, that was a tough one, but God also worked in my heart and I knew that he was supposed to go. I didn't know if he would come back, but I knew God would take care of all things, and I'm so glad he came back. (laughs) Um, But I knew, too, that that this was of God, and it's just amazing how the feeling of family is there, and I hadn't met either of you in person, heard lots of stories, and prayed for you a lot, and then when I knew that you were coming to visit, I was just so excited. Um, I couldn't have been more excited if it would have been the president or a world leader. <laughs> I, to me, it was, I'd, I would pick these two right here, Malath and Noor, to have in my home. Um, but it, it's just another example. I know we feel this way with our Asia's Hope kids, that it's the connection of family that is there in Christ. It's real. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we've had an opportunity, Malath and I, I've, I've, I've had the privilege, I count it as a privilege, I don't take it for granted, to preach in a lot of different places from China to, you know, in, in different countries. And I had, I've had translators often. And uh, when I preach with him, or I should, yeah, and we preach together, he's just like me. Like, I'll, I'll be saying an emotion, I'll, I'll be using my hands, because, you know, I talk with my hands, and he's, he's moving, too. And I'm saying this, and, he's, and, and it, he's not even looking at me. It's, like, <laughs> it's like the Spirit of God just makes us one uh, uh, together. Um, and so, it's interesting, too. Like, I love to hear, how did you guys meet Nor? How did, how did you meet this guy? You're from Canada, and your family's from Iraq, and he's from Baghdad. He went to a seminary in North Korea, and he South. was uh, South Korea. Yeah, that's right, South Korea. <laughs> that would be amazing, wouldn't yeah, it? <laughs> Boy, that's a slip of the tongue. <laughs> how did you guys meet? So how did you guys meet? Well, tell us the story behind that. It's always fun to hear. Okay, so um, uh, my mom's a missionary, and uh, we live in Canada. She goes back to Iraq twice a year to serve with women and um, just to be for them as a support, uh, a shoulder to cry on, or just to give them a hug and tell them that everything's going to be okay during the difficult times. So she's been going back since 2003, and in 2009, I told her, well, Mom, I want to come back with you. I want to see what it is that you're doing, and I want to feel these stories that you're talking about. And... um, I was able to get some time off for the summer and decided to tag along. But little did I know that there was going to be someone during this conference who was going to be helping my mom set uh, and prepare for the conferences. 
So Malad was there. He had just come back from his studies in South Korea. <laughs> and um, yeah, we just spent the whole five weeks together, just you know, going to different parts of Iraq, attending different conferences, meeting different kinds of people. Um, but towards the end of my trip, uh, he came up to me and he's like, well, what do you think um, if I get to know you a little bit more and we take it to like another level and then I well, said... Hold on, hold on. He asked her to marry her in five weeks. <laughs> now, come on, five weeks. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so when he approached me... Um, Right away, I said, okay, I accept the idea. Just, <laughs> she accepts the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like really um, this was from God because um, for us to be able to spend uh, five weeks uh, together in ministry to serve, um, we visited some uh, really like wealthy people, rich people. We attended funerals. We attended weddings. Uh, we really got to you know, spend time, like these five weeks, get to know each other in a way that people usually do during engagement or like just during a long period of time. And then when he asked, and I really felt peace, uh, when people asked me, will you ever move back to Iraq? And I said, well, if God has a purpose or a goal for me, then yes, I will. But when Malad asked me towards the end of my missions trip to, um, you know, talk in that in that matter, and then I, I felt, okay, like this is an answer of prayer, and I feel s strongly that this is what God has planned for me, is to move to Iraq and to marry Malad and to serve with him. And um, so we've been happily married for seven years. We have three <laughs> children. Uh, Alice is six years old. Andrew is three years old. Okay. And Angelo, he's a year and a half now. And they're all at home with my mom. She's babysitting. And we're able to come here today. So what was it like for you? I mean, like, great job, by the way. You, you, <laughs> you had to be praying and seeking the Lord as every man does if he feels led to be married. Um, well, were you nervous? Well, the, you know, as I, the first week I saw her, then I started, you know, my heart, I started to beat. And then, and, uh, <laughs> and I felt there is something special about her. But then I put signs, uh, God, if, the, if she is the one, then I really need to know from you. Hmm. I saw her life. Uh, I saw like her uh, kind of like engaging with different, you know, situations. And then I put the last sign for me. Uh, we, we were like in Kurdistan, but Kurdistan is kind of like is different than Baghdad. So the, the final station of our trip was Baghdad. So I kept it until, you know, we went to Baghdad. And I put this as, and I, I told the Lord, if she would accept to marry me and to stay in Baghdad, then she is from you. Hmm. And I did that in Baghdad. Uh, <laughs> after she was in Baghdad, and once she was in Baghdad, I said, you know, at that time we were based in Baghdad, and I was doing ministry in Baghdad, and that was the hardest place in Iraq. And she accepted the idea. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What's, uh, how, how, how does... When we send teams to you, how does that benefit you? How, does, how is this connection? Why is it important that we send teams? We're, we're, I'll be uh, leading the team in September. We're coming in. We were supposed to be in November, but they closed the airports yeah. uh, because of the Civil War. And so that team was delayed, and we're going back in this September. 
How does that impact? How does that help when we send teams? Is, is it beneficial? How does it benef- benefit you? Pastor Jim, I believe it brings a lot of uh, emotional support and spiritual support to our church that we always, you know, uh, uh, wonder if anyone is caring for us or, like, really think about us or, like, really, like, uh, knowing what we are going through. So to, to see uh, or to watch and, and to touch people, like, they're, like, on the ground. They're, like, mm. here with us. And they are thinking of us. Uh, this is a huge for us. Mm. Uh, that means a lot to us that we are not alone in this and, and everything. And, and that's what really, like, a wonderful expression, the body of Christ, that wherever you go, I'm here, I'm, 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 I am within my, my, my body. I mean, this is, a, yeah. you know, this is my family. You come to your rock, this is your, your, your family. So that brings in a lot of you know, uh, encouragement and, and support to our church. And then we interact together, we, we see uh, what the Lord you know, uh, uh, has said for us. This is a huge blessing for us. Uh, it is for us, too. It's an encouragement for us, too. I'm, I'm excited. This next team, I was, we were sharing last night, our older son, Josh, will be on the team. And he's heard a lot about the mission there. And he's been praying. And we're excited that, um, to be able to do that together with, with other men. What's the greatest obstacle that you face in reaching um, Iraqis or Kurds or Muslims? What, what's the greatest obstacle? Well... We need to understand that uh, we're living in a place we cannot really plan for three months ahead of us, not only like one year or two years. So this is kind of like instability. Uh, We lose, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, kind of like uh, the situation in Iraq is unstable. Beside that, you know, we, we are still in Iraq, even though Kurdistan is a very good place, but still, like, it's an Islamic place. I mean, we're living in an Islamic uh, country. Uh, so always there's a kind of, like, an obstacles, you know, like uh, uh, how to reach people and what kind of, like, tools you're using, you know, to reach people, accepting even those who've come from um, uh, different backgrounds to your church that, you know, uh, expose you to a lot of danger. Um, uh, so this is, you know, kind of like um, one of the obstacles, you know, kind of like the atmosphere. The second thing, you know, uh, we are kind of like most, now we are, we are reaching out people outside of Kurdistan. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, uh, the people, if you remember, you know, uh, Grace Community Church helped them to start, you know, uh, writing things on, on the wood. Right. And now we are, we are uh, they became a hosted family for our church in Karakosh. And now there's like the couple there. Uh, we've sent them to Mosul city to, to, uh, to take care of widows and orphans in Mosul. And I, uh, they came like, that was like three weeks ago, not too far. And the, uh, they came, the couple, they came and they were sitting in my office and the woman told me, I have one condition to do this ministry. So this is like kind of like a condition. Like, I mean, uh, we don't hear a lot of conditions in the church. <laughs> we love unconditionally. We do things unconditionally. Like, what, what condition do you have? So I was like really curious to hear from her. She said, you know, we are going to, we, we are, we are going to go to Mosul. But if you promise me, in case if we are killed, you will take care of our kids. Hmm. I was like silent for like <laughs> hmm. minutes. I could not say anything to her. 
and, and this kind of like obstacles, like it's very hard sometimes to name them, but yeah. they're there. Yeah, very much so. Nor you have a, a, a trying to helping, helping hands kind of ministry that's going on. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Um, we started a sewing project called Hopeful Hands. Um, it was, we just found like there was a lot of women in our church community who had no jobs and had a lot of spare time and either had no members of the family working. So we decided with my mom to start, um, she had the skill of uh, sewing and we thought it was a great idea that she would um, help them the basic uh, steps of sewing so that they can learn a new um, career and then they can help generate income for their family. And uh, this sewing project has grown to, we have 29 ladies, so that's 29 different families. Uh, they range from IDP, which is internally displaced, so either they're Iraqi from Mosul or Baghdad, or they're Syrian refugees who have left Syria and came to Iraq for refuge. And um, so it's a wonderful time that we spend with them because they not only learn the skill, but we have uh, a devotional time with them. We have a fellowship. Um, it's a time where they've changed. Um, they've grown in their faith because they started to attend the church. And then it feels like um, they just open up. They say, we don't come here to just work. We just come here because we can breathe, like we can hmm. share a laugh with the, with the other ladies. We can share a tear with the other ladies. We know that if we need anything, you guys are available and you're a shoulder to cry on. And just to be able to join them together, to unite them. We have three um, Muslim ladies and they come, they take off their scarf when they come inside and they all have like handicapped children. And they say, you know, we leave them at home and we come because we need a breather. We need some people who understand us or feel our pain and are willing to pray for us and give us peace. So it is a sewing project. They do sew. We make bed sheets, uh, Bible covers, and bags. But the purpose is just, you know, to reach them deep into their heart. And we see that changing. And um, we really hope that it keeps growing so that we can reach more women and um, be a blessing into their lives. So we can connect with you guys if, if men or women want to join in and help out and, you know, link arms with that, which would just be incredible opportunity for us to help um, meet a need and then reach people for Jesus. And you've seen multiple people come to Christ in your ministry there. We have a couple photos here of just kind of give you some visuals. This, these are the apartments um, that we had. We put two families in each apartment. We put a, made sure there was a refrigerator and food and a stove and I think an air conditioner and hot water heater. So they lived in these apartments for a while. There's some other photos here. Um, we put beds in them. And so families would go in there. This is our team going in and praying through the home before we went in. This is what the apartment complex looked like from the outside. And uh, we had a chance. We even picked out some carpet colors uh, one of the days, uh, which was kind of fun. We also have um, Bible studies. If we go to the next slide here, um, this is when you go in a home, this is kind of the small group Bible studies that were taking place that Malath was talking about, um, a chance to interact, where they've just learned in the books of the Bible, some of them there, uh, which was incredible too. 
Um, and then we have some pictures of the church. Maybe you wonder what the church is like. This is a Sunday. They meet on Sunday evenings in Iraq. This is one of their, you see Pastor Malath up there. This is their worship team. By the way, Jason Yotter in the back, he's one of our own. Uh, he does play the guitar. And the other thing is this, is when you read music, you musicians out there, the chords are right to left instead of left to right. So he was trying to read the music backwards. Wilkinson, you can get that, figure that one out. So you can see he was so concentrating, trying to figure it out. He did a phenomenal job. Um, so that's, this is outside. This is the, the downtown. This is where their church is located, the building itself. Um, we also have some pictures of Malath and I preaching together. Um, I, I love you, brother. And I love being able to uh, serve with you. Um, you really are um, one of my heroes. Um, and then um, culture. We'll look at uh, culture. This is, we're out for a prayer walk one of the days, praying through the city. Um, and you'll see pictures of the, the, the country itself, the buildings. You'll see a lot of places under construction. Um, this is the, explain this, the citadel here. Yeah, this is the old city of, of Arbil. Basically, Arbil started from here and then started in a circle. So this is citadel. It's the oldest inhabited city in the world, correct? Yeah, it is. And so some other pictures of culture. You're buying, it's like outdoor Lowe's. You can understand that. Um, so we bought some uh, to, to, to house and put... Uh, implement the places. This are some buildings. You see a lot of buildings like this here. Um, other pictures that are coming up here. Let me say that we played volleyball in there. George, you'll remember this. Um, so we went there and played some volleyball with the teams. And because we had blue shirts on and we were a group of men, they thought we were the USA volleyball team. <laughs> I kid you not. So we just owned it. <laughs> I mean, who's going to, there was no other Americans there could say we weren't. And, uh, uh, and so we played volleyball, and we had so much fun uh, playing volleyball with him. And L.V. Yoder was on that team, too, and he, he's tall. And the, so we, we, we attracted a crowd, let's face it, um, Americans with blue shirts. It's USA Olympic team, so everyone came. And, uh, and L.V., and so his name is initial L.V., and so a lot of the, the, the children would begin to say, L.V., L.V., and they were cheering on L.V., L.V., and when he would spike it, ah! <laughs> uh, we had so much fun. Mike Gingrich, in one of our trips in, we did some fun games like we do with uh, our men in our men conference, and uh, we had a planking contest, um, and Mike was doing it, and it was down to him and four Kurdish men, and so we Americans were saying, USA, and so Mike was, he was holding on, and one by one they were dropping, it was down to him, and, and, and one of the, the Kurdish men, and, and we, I was in his face, you can't lose, <laughs> USA, the whole country, <laughs> and so we, Mike won. And we tell him he's the reigning planking champion in Iraq for USA. Um, and so some other pictures here. You'll see um, uh, places along the way that we were able to, to walk through, just culture. and Men are everywhere. Um, you rarely see women in public during the day, at night. And so when you walk the streets, that's, you can see some of the electrical wiring there. Um, just other pictures of culture. Um, so um, and it's a great mission point. And we feel blessed. And, and I'll wrap it up by saying this. Like, this only happened because of God. And it really is a privilege to link arms with our friends here. And I am so grateful for you who stood behind and gave and supported. And uh, so today, we, in closing our service, we'd love to 
pray for Pastor Malath and his wife, Noor. And I'm going to ask that they would just come to the front and kneel here. And I'm going to ask you to do something that we don't normally do, just to stand up and work your way up and, and put a hand on a shoulder. And let's send this precious couple out in prayer today. And if you can, up front, if you can place a hand on their shoulders and you just extend and reach a hand and let's connect together. And we'll pray for our brother and sister and the work uh, in Iraq. Father God, we love you, Jesus. We love this couple. We love our brothers and sisters in Erbil, in, uh, in the church. I pray, Jesus, you would protect them from the enemy who wants to divide and steal and destroy. I pray you'll send your strongest angelic messengers to guard the way. I pray that we'll continue to see thousands come to Jesus Christ. And I pray that Maloth and his team and his men and his women and his church that they will realize they have just begun to see what you can do. I pray you will supply all of their needs, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I pray, God, that you would go before them, and even as they travel back home, you'll give them safety. And I pray that they would be encouraged, refreshed, fill their minds with wisdom, give them insight. And may they, God, just be used in a powerful way. We love them. We commit them to you in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all grace community said, amen. amen. God bless you. See you next week. <laughs>